Hey everyone, you're listening to PR Hangover, a bi-weekly public relations podcast and talk show brought to you by Grand Valley State University's PRSSA chapter, and me, Courtney Fogel. Grab a cup of coffee and enjoy the show. All right, hi everyone. Today I'm in Austin, Texas, actually, and I'm here at Press Junkie PR with a special guest. So would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Ryan Romana. I'm the founder, president, director of Press Junkie PR. We're a small boutique uh, music PR company out of Austin, Texas, and we're going on our 10th year in 2019, which I'm really excited about. And thank you for having me on your show. Yeah, thanks for meeting with us. I know we came from Michigan to to come and talk to you, so this is really exciting. Um, So let's talk about Press Junkie PR a little bit. How did you guys get started? Well, we started the company in 2009 in San Francisco. That's actually where the company was before we moved to Austin okay. in 2013. And um, me personally, I've been into music my whole life. And um, when I was in college at CU Boulder in the late 90s, I started interning with a similar kind of small boutique company that was doing all the press for bands in uh, Boulder, Colorado playing at the Fox Theater, which is like the big college uh, venue. And from there, I really hit it off with uh, the owner of the company and I started pitching and landing stories. So she offered me a job right out of college and she is from New York and that's where I originally was from. So I moved from Boulder to New York and she hired me and I was hit the ground running doing a lot of tour press for a lot of jam bands. And then through there, I worked at numerous record labels, and then in 2009, after working for an uh, independent label for like three years, they had some really good success with international music. Mm-hmm. So it was like Brazilian musicians, music from India, from Africa. Um, after three years, I just wanted to branch off on my own to start working with artists and musicians that I was really interested in, yeah. and not being limited to what the label had. Mm-hmm. So I branched off on my own in 2009, um, just started working out of my like, kitchen living room and uh, started taking out clients and uh, it started organically just growing really the big kick in the rear for me was like six months into starting the company um, I found out I was gonna have twins mm-hmm. so I had to make a decision like do I go for pre- you know just go for it or do I fall back and maybe get like a corporate PR job or a tech PR job because at the time I was in San Francisco and there's a lot of tech PR going on um, so I just said I'm gonna go for it and I took anything and everything um, which was good and a big learning experience but you know now we're at, at the point where we could actually choose who we get to work yeah. with we could say no or you know maybe your next album uh, but that's kind of how it started and then a few years in San Francisco we decided to relocate the company to um, to Austin mainly for cost of living mm-hmm. you know having two kids and still wanting to work with independent musicians because I would say 95% of our artists are independent. Mm-hmm. They're either on independent labels or they're just self-releasing their music. Right. Um, we few and far between work with major labels, but it's mostly indie. And so, yeah, I, I made some friends with some managers out here and folks, and they're like, oh, it's a great town like for a small independent music business. Like There's a lot of that here, and it's very like kid-friendly. Um, so yeah, we took the jump in 2013 and it's been our, like our best move. Wow, yet. that's really cool. Yeah. What was it like work, going from working for a record company to your own PR firm? Um, it, it was interesting because 
with a record label, you have such an infrastructure, mm-hmm. and you have different um, people doing different things to set up the record. And so, when I started my company, I was just like one piece of a big puzzle, a big marketing team. And so that's where it really differed because when you worked with a certain artist, you needed to find out like who else was on your team or do you have anyone else on your team? Yeah. And a lot of the times you work with an artist and they don't. So they rely heavily just on PR, which is good and bad because if the PR really does well, you can't really capitalize on momentum unless you have more teammates, like a booking agent who's booking you shows because you're getting such good press mm-hmm. or um, someone in, in a distribution company that's making sure you know, you're know you on a top playlist on Spotify or homepage of iTunes and stuff like that. So if you don't have other people working those things, it's kind of hard to really capitalize of, off of the PR momentum. But when you do see teams that do have that or there's a record label involved, uh, kind of everyone just helps each other yeah. uh, push the exposure of, of the artist. So, that, that was a big difference and then running your own business you know dealing with like chasing money and right. accounting I mean that was stuff I was never really um, interested in but kind of comes with the territory and that's actually where Mercedes was pulled in because Mercedes kind of started helping me with that and then just became my partner through helping as the business grew because it just okay. went for myself and then now as you can see we're still small there's only three of us but um, you know we did grow yeah, yeah. so I guess since there are only three of you, how do you work together as a team? Um, well, we take on campaigns usually that last anywhere from like two to six months from an artist. And we, we have a, like a process that we take the artist through. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the first step is, is just getting all their assets together. So making sure that they send us their latest bio, press photos, um, artwork, um, you know any press cl- past press clips they had and then from there we create our own press release mm-hmm. and what we like to do is more of like a narrative press release where we try and interview the artist and get as much of an angle and a story um, so I would say it's less like AP style and less kind of tech or corporate PR and more kind of artsy and, and bringing a narrative together and especially a lot of our artists are international so you know they're from like Cuba or Peru and so they, they always have a, a big like cultural story to mm-hmm. it which a lot of our press contacts we deal with they love it you know yeah that makes it interesting mm-hmm. so how does media relations play a role in the services you provide them um, that's probably the biggest thing we do with the artists is, is working with the media to place an article and we leverage a lot of the relationships that we have in the media um, we are kind of in a niche because we do work a lot of independent music and I, I would say it's a lot of like left of center type mm-hmm. of music so with the international music we work with uh, a challenge I think is that a lot of music's not even sung in English it's sung in Spanish native dialect of like certain countries in Africa mm-hmm. so for us you know we have a really good strong database and contacts of writers that we know would be into the type of music yeah. we work so like on a daily basis, we know who the right producer at NPR would be to pitch at the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, that would like this like eclectic um, international music. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's really what's uh, made Press Junkies campaigns very successful is that we've built those relationships and we really cater to their tastes because it's yeah. so niche, but a lot of the mainstream publications, like they do have writers that will take a chance 
or you know past writing their pop piece they want like a more indie story that has you know some cultural relevance or mm-hmm. something a little more underground yeah that makes sense so when you're working you since you work with a lot of independent artists is it is there a big difference when there is somebody that is with a label um if it if they're with an indie label it's a little more organized and has more structure if they're on a major label um there's definitely a more red tape to hop through so like you know if we need a video to place with a publication say they want to feature it or do a premiere sometimes they won't let us use a certain link because there's some copyright things they have to go through legal first Mm -hmm. to get it through or to get an answer will take a little bit longer because it has to go through like a few departments yeah so on the major label side it's definitely more hoops we have to jump through to get approvals Um, on the indie label side if they're an established independent record label it moves pretty quick and there are you know multiple people at the label you could deal with to get certain things gotcha and then if you go directly with the artist things move fast but there's also a lot of education I think for the independent artist because they've never been on a label or they've never released a record with a lot of marketing behind it they just kind of put it up on iTunes or Mm -hmm. Spotify and see what happens so on the independent side if you're working with an artist who's never worked with a publicist or had much marketing it's a lot of educating like well why are we doing this with the press and we have to kind of explain and there's a lot of process and like tedious things we have to do to kind of appease the editors um to make sure that you know, they write the best story. Right. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever find yourself having to deal with crisis communications with your artists? Not really. I don't think we've had an artist that big where uh, we, we've had to do a crisis, a crisis PR. I mean, we prepare. We, we do work one big festival um, in California called Cali Roots. It's a big reggae festival. Okay. And we're just prepared because, you know, a lot of things could happen at it a festival mm-hmm. um, and so we're, we're always like prepared that if something happens that we could as a team with the f- with the founders get together and you know if we have to and put together a statement if there's any crisis situation coming but luckily you know in my years of experience <laughs> I have not yet had to deal with that okay that's good that's yeah. good yeah I, I know a lot of like sometimes I think a tactic in the music industry is crisis oh yes yeah. Yeah, we, we talk about that just to have fun, especially like mm-hmm. certain scenes or genres, you know, like we're, we don't work much hip hop, but we're, you know, really big fans of it. But you feel like, I feel like every narrative is driven by some sort of dramatic yeah. crisis going on. People which, kind of eat that up. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think some of it is authentic, but other times you're like, wait a minute, why is this happening? And they're about to drop an album this week, you know, right. or like in two weeks. So I definitely feel like, it's part contrived, part, you know, authentic. But mm-hmm. I don't know because I never had to be in that situation. Right, that makes sense. <laughs> but I think, like, judging from what you're saying, having that narrative is kind of what drives your clients to have. Yeah, I think when someone tips you off to music, there's always, like, a story behind it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, have you heard about this artist? They were, you know, featured on NPR, or, you know, they do this really cool style of music where they combine electronic with hip-hop with country you know something yeah there's always like a sound bite when you tell your friend about a certain musician and I think that's built heavily on a narrative that the artists have that backstory Mm -hmm. and um, 
we do our best to try and get the best angles, but there are certain situations where we come up with a narrative and it doesn't stick, but another part of their story does, and we shift with it. You know, we, mm-hmm. we roll with it. Um, because what we think the media will receive is not always, you know, correct off, off the bat, but I think that's the beauty of the art of PR is that, like, you can shift, you know, media's attention based on what's going on currently in the news. Mm-hmm. We had an artist um, from Sierra Leone who released an album and they were here in the States touring and it got some good support but then um, you know unfortunately SARS struck that um, that virus that was going around Sierra Leone and they couldn't go back home and oh, so no. it made all this nationally news but all of a sudden they were stuck in the States touring and we were getting you know <laughs> hit up by NPR and CNN because they wanted to talk to them about how does it feel to be a musician here in the States not being able to go home, like mm-hmm. how your family's doing, so. So that it, got a lot of coverage. Yeah, it got a lot of coverage, and it was something that we, we, you know, we weren't expecting, but it was something that they wanted to talk about because they felt, you know, so strongly about their country and how their album kind of lined up, lined up with that. So it was like one of those current affair things that we didn't know was going to happen, but it definitely put them in the spotlight of um, of mainstream media. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, a lot of these international artists, you know. We had one artist who was originally from Cuba and, you know, everything going on with immigration and stuff. He, he had something about that in his album and, uh, you know, a lot of major publications wanted to talk to him about him because that was his narrative, you mm-hmm. know, and he himself was, a, was an immigrant. So, yeah, those really strong narratives, especially with the artists we work with, they seem to resonate really well with the, with the media that we deal with. Yeah, that's cool. What, how do you pick your artists to work with? What's that process? That's, that's a, a good question because I think, you know, Mercedes, my partner, and myself, we, we have different ways of doing it. For me, number one, since I know it's so long, it's, it's definitely gut. So mm-hmm. after I talk to the artist, well, number one, obviously, I have to like the music, be passionate about the music. So the music is, I think, the foundation where it has to deliver. If it doesn't deliver everything else outside of it for PR, in my opinion, feels like it will be that much harder. So yeah. for me, if I feel like it's music that will deliver and resonate with the media I deal with, that's the first step. Second step would probably be getting on a call with them and finding out their expectations. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of artists that haven't put out a release. They see, you know, our website that we've gotten Rolling Stone, that we've gotten New York Times, and they want that. And, you know, I take them through the process that sometimes artists, it's not till their second album, their third album, you know, down right. the line. And we could do our best to put it in front of the right people, but we just never really know how it's going to be received. And I mm-hmm. think that's the magic of the music industry. Like, you can have an artist that looks and sounds just like Adele, have the same team around her, kind of put through the same marketing plan. It just doesn't resonate the same way. And people, you know, like, why not? We did the same exact things. But there's always, like, that untangible thing, I think, about music mm-hmm. where um, you just really hope it will resonate, and sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't. So... If an artist, you know, gets that and is willing to work with us, I'm like, okay, I understand. Like, I may not get it the first time, but if we're getting my music in front of those people, getting my story in front of them, getting name recognition, branding, um, then I'm totally down to help, like, build my career that way. Mm-hmm. Then usually I go, okay, we're on the same page. You know, I really connect with your music. And then the third thing is I find out if they have a team. And that's what I was just saying earlier. Like, are there other folks that can work together with us to help elevate because we're only just one part of right. your career and one part of your team. 
you know, sometimes they do have it, and, and we get on the phone with them, and it, and it all works together. Sometimes they don't, and then we just kind of bring it back to, like, well, this is what we could do on the PR side without a team. Um, and then, you know, I go, go with the gut reaction. Mm-hmm. And, and there have been times where, I, you know, I go with the gut reaction, I say yes, and maybe they're not ready, or, or they do try out another PR company, and it, and it doesn't work. Um, but most of the time, you know, it's, it's they feel mutual, and we move forward. And, and a big thing for us, you know, and it might be for a lot of the music industry, is I think a lot of it is a reputation. Right. So for Press Junkie, you know, we don't have to advertise. We don't have to really do too much marketing for ourselves. It's a lot of repeat and refer business. Mm-hmm. And again, being this niche of what we do, this music we work, um, it just, they keep coming back. And so, you know, one of their friends, oh, who did your press? It was a good campaign. And then our name comes up. Right, yeah. So we when get... I, when sorry. I looked you up, well, I looked up, like, music PR in Austin, and you guys were one of the first to come up. So I think that's a good thing, too, like SEO. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Shout out to um, Mark, who did our website. <laughs> he redid our website a few years ago, and he told us he was going to really help the SEO. And, uh, yeah, I think most people who don't have a referral just Google us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. so that's been good. And, and being in Austin, you know, being such a big music town, it's really good to, uh, you know, have that that recognition mm-hmm. we were just talking about kind of branding and reputation of your company but what about branding and reputation of your artists that you work with do you ever have to help them rebrand themselves to become more of a appealing um we don't do much of that okay. on our end they usually come to us with uh, press photos ready and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that there are suggestions that you know we do tell them, especially you know if there's a press photo that we see is like heavily photoshopped, we, we just have to tell them like it just doesn't look professional. It's not like up to par with the type of materials that are sent yeah. out. But I think a lot of that like creating your image and brand goes back to meetings before we're even hired. Um, you know whether it's with their manager or how they're kind of putting themselves together uh, from the look of the packaging mm-hmm. to you know, press photos. We have been pulled in, you know, to help with press photos. Me, personally, I'm not much of like a visual graphic designer type of person, but I do, you know, put my insight when I feel like um, it's just not going to connect. Sure. But I I do think there are, you know, a good amount of publicists out there that are in that process a bit earlier Uh and do help create... Create the brand. Yeah, that brand, that image, the look... Um, and I also think, again, from my side of things, the type of music I deal with, <laughs> it's not as much uh, on that side of things, although it really helps when we have an artist that has a mm-hmm. really unique kind of stylish look and feel, especially coming down to like the album artwork, to every uh, visual thing that's presented. Uh, you could definitely see that folks will open up that email a lot quicker if you know the first image just really pops mm-hmm. and then that also goes down to like their videos you know we work with the assets that we are given and some videos you just know like right off the bat the first 30 seconds like oh it's probably gonna get picked up in some really good mm-hmm. blogs just like right away yeah cool yeah what are some tactics that you use for your clients we were trying to manage a few artists social media accounts and uh, it became difficult because we weren't with them all the time mm-hmm. so it was really hard for us to be authentic on who they were and uh, 
to consistently create content for them online without being with them all the time became a really uh, big challenge for us on the social media side because uh, I feel like social media just needs really good content consistently and when you're not giving them I think it, it was kind of hard and then also trying to have the voice of an artist when you're not really the artist you right. know yeah um, so we kind of put that back on, on the artist again but as far as like tools for PR you know we're still doing the press release we're still trying to get premieres on really big assets whether it's like a video or a track or some of our artists put mixes together so we try mm-hmm. and do that um, I would say to get really good PR stories it, the, the landscape's always changing the writers are always moving around I think a lot of it is a lot of researching and just reading because I feel like once you get a feeling of what that writer likes and their taste it's so much easier to put the right music in front of them and get a response because they feel like oh you've been reading my column or you've been reading my reviews um, I'll definitely take a chance on this artist even though I never heard of them but mm-hmm. what you're saying about how their music sounds or who they work with seems right up my alley yeah and so then it it makes it so much easier than you know the shotgun approach like I'm just gonna send it out and pray someone picks right. it up so customizing them is yeah really helpful for sure for sure can you give an example of maybe one of your favorite campaigns you've done for a client yeah um, I think a lot of my favorite projects are when those expectations are talked about in the front and then we're able by the end of the campaign to do what they asked um, one example is we have a a reggae band we work with called Raging Fire from Jamaica and if you've seen our website we work a lot of reggae and Cali Roots the festival we work is like the biggest reggae festival in the US they have a lot of American reggae acts meaning they're not from Jamaica or the Caribbean um, and so you know some of their headliners are like slightly stupid Soja Revolution and Raging Fire was or is a Jamaican band and they were looking to cross over into this more American reggae audience and so the record label approached us and their manager and said hey we know you do Cali Roots and you're really tied into what's going on in American reggae they're already doing really well in Jamaica we want you to help us position them to the press to cross over into the American reggae market and so they had one publicist already kind of working the Caribbean and Jamaican stuff and they brought us on only to handle you know that American reggae press which is also tied in a little bit with jam band press and so we were able to get them in front of you know those folks that received them really well and by the end of the campaign they were nominated for uh, best reggae Grammy uh, two years ago so nice. cool. it was it was cool to see like okay here's an artist from here, they want to get to here, they're hiring us to help us get there, and uh, and, and we got them there. Yeah. So it was a really good feeling, um, and we continue to work with them, you know, they, they hire us back for tour dates. They were here last year for Austin City Limits for two weekends, and they caused such a buzz that, you know, the first weekend they got some press, but after everyone started talking, by the second weekend, we were so packed with interviews, it was like, we're like wow I can't believe like we just had couldn't even have a breather because it was just like back so to back yeah everyone wants to talk yeah. to them so 
it was a rewarding feeling because you're like, yeah, two years ago we were just kind of like talking about it on the phone. Now you have a reggae Grammy nomination, play Austin City Limits, and have like you know over twenty interviews. It was just a good feeling to like when you step back, you're like, wow, that's uh, that's amazing. And we get those what I call like breakthrough artist campaigns, you know, quite a, quite a bit, you know, a few times a year. And uh, this year we had out of the five reggae Grammy nominees, we worked three of them. Oh wow! So three out of five was a pretty good, pretty good feeling, and uh, it, it, it's also really rewarding because there's like if you've seen there's only three of us. So yeah, like I, it's a small. Sometimes we joke we're like I don't think people realize like all this stuff is coming from here. Right. Yeah. But we're just so hands on and we're so in tune with who we have to work with and pitch that we kind of make that small mm-hmm. team just to work well. Yeah. So basically, building those relationships is key when you're working with. The media and the press. Yeah, um, especially on the music press side, once the key tastemakers start trusting your taste, it's like that's like fifty, sixty percent of it. Because you know, I think I think there are some PR companies that will take anything and everything, and I don't think that's a bad thing because I started off that way. Um, but if they keep sending stuff and it's not in tune with what the writer's writing about or what their beat is it's kind of like a myth it's not a fit and then after a while they kind of start ignoring that and I think these writers they get pitched like you know hundreds of pitches a day they kind of skim through the names that they trust first mm-hmm. and I think in the genres and the niches that we work at Press Junkie our name comes to the top you know quite a bit yeah. and so they'll take a chance more on a new artist they never heard if it was from us than it was from maybe a publicist that they didn't know very well yet or they just kind of skim through their things and don't really like read their Mm -hmm. press releases so yeah I think from what I've seen doing this for a while I think having relationships with you know the writers really knowing their taste and you know pitching them stuff that really fits what they're doing just makes their job so much easier and and that's a thing that you hear in PR and you guys probably have heard it's like just be a resource you know like, there are times where a writer will ask, oh, do you know who the publicist for this artist is? I'm going to include them in an article, and I myself may not be working with them, and realize that, like, if I go out of my way, how's that going to benefit me? But it's going to benefit the writer, and, and they'll remember that. Like, oh, yeah, down the line, I was on deadline, and, you know, you hooked me up by putting me in touch with that publicist, and I got my story done. You know, I'll look to you as more of a resource unless it's, like, you're constantly pushing artists and stories on me. Um, and the best is like meeting the media in person, South by Southwest, ACL, you get to talk to a lot of these writers that you work with year round, and, you know, cool. hang out with them a little bit. And that always just strengthens that connection. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So my last question is what's a day in the life for you? It seems like you kind of have a lot of different things going on. So what's your average day? Um, yeah, every day is, is pretty different. And that's because I think, you know, I try and plan my days, but there's always, you know, something that comes up with an artist that maybe you weren't planning to, you know, get to that part of their project. But all of a sudden, maybe like they added a new tour date, and it's coming up really soon. Or, you know, they just came back with a new video, and they need it placed like in a week or so. So a lot of it is like day to day timeliness. Um, but you know, every day going through, you know, a bunch of emails, but I would say 
I usually write like a press release every day, uh, definitely pitching, whether it's just getting a few personal pitches out or if I have to pitch a tour date or a premiere. Um, new business, uh, we get hit up with like two or three new business inquiries. So it's kind of going through that, skimming it, if I have time to take a listen to the, to the project and uh, schedule a new business call if we want to move forward. Um, working with Kelly, Kelly works underneath me to maybe get listings up for calendar listings up for some of the tour dates and she manages all the interns and we have anywhere from like two to four interns from UT Austin or Texas State. So it's working with her to make sure the interns have the right projects and what's going on today. Um, and yeah, some days are, you know, more crazier than others. Fridays are our reporting day, excuse me. So that's the day we get out reports to all the clients to see like what the press has been saying, what coverage is confirmed. And uh, it's pretty tedious and administrative, but it's so important because mm -hmm. the client wants to know like, what How am are I, we doing? Yeah, what am I paying you for? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so we, we like to be transparent and accountable um, and send those out and then like to, you know, chat with the client afterwards to, to see like what's going on. Because, you know, some of them have dream targets and we may get like a no from one of their dream targets, but try and find another way if there's like another freelancer or, you know, maybe there's something that they do that's a hobby that they don't realize is, is press worthy. You know, yeah. they volunteer for an amazing nonprofit or... Maybe they're a big like fitness person. Like there's always new creative angles you could always think of. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, when we have our internal staff meetings, we, we do that. We try and help each other out with with those ideas, except especially if we feel like we're getting stuck with a certain outlet or a certain pitch. Because um, like I said, everything's reputation. So at the end of the day, you know, it's it's about making sure the campaign delivers for the artist and hopefully takes them to the next level mm -hmm. whether it's you know if they're so Indian all they want is to get a booking agent after doing a press campaign with us then we hope like all the best quotes and press gets them that yeah or getting a better slot at a festival instead of opening slot getting a middle slot or going on tour with someone so you know we've seen press help folks do that and we hope you know every campaign can do that but you know a lot of things are, are out of our control but that's that's the hopes yeah cool awesome yeah well, thanks so much for your time. This was really interesting because we don't really have any of this in our area. So yeah, no, really thanks. Cool. Uh, thanks for interviewing me and, and coming down. And uh, yeah, I always like sharing the knowledge. So thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter at GV underscore PRSSA. And check out the show notes for this episode on GVPRSSA.com.